Hallelujah. I want us to jump into the word right now from Matthew 10, 7 to 8. It's a common scripture that all of us know, but I want to read from the message. Let's go. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously. Live generously. I don't know about you, and I don't know about how many of you are in the same place that I'm in, where I find myself desperate for breakthroughs. I've gotten to that point now. I'm desperate for breakthroughs. I need God to do something. I need him to do it now. Right now. This past week, I found myself moving from one desperate emotion to another. Believing for a breakthrough. I started very needy. I was so needy in his presence. Moved to desperation. Then to frustration. (laughs) We have been there that you want it so bad, you're now frustrated with the Lord. I was frustrated. Then I was angry with the Lord. Why are you not doing this? I mean, I've quoted every scripture known from Genesis to Revelation. I am a scholar of this word. I know where the promises of God are. And I have declared them all. And then I went back to, oh Lord, I need you. (laughs) And as I was waiting on the Lord, I started sensing the same desperation for others. I started thinking of people in similar situations or even worse. I saw people at their end desperate for help. They had tried what they knew and then some. Still nothing was happening. I started crying out to God to intervene on their behalf as I was doing the same for myself. And I believe with all my heart, church, I believe with all my heart that God is not deaf. God is not deaf. His hand is not too short that it cannot reach us. And what he has said he will do, he will do. He's not a man that he should lie. Hasn't he spoken it? Won't he make it good? The words of the Lord do not return to him void. Breakthrough is coming. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. It's on its way. It shall not delay any longer. I want to tell someone that. It shall not delay any longer, but come at the set time. So wait on it. Do not jump ship. And I just want to pause here and I want to pray for us. If you're here and you're desperate, you're like me. God needs to move now. And I want to pray for you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to take this time as we are here in your presence. And I want to call upon you to see these lives. You know I've cried over their lives. You know I've cried over their breakthroughs. I've been desperate on their behalf. Calling on you. Save us. Save us for your namesake. Save us for your namesake. So that we might know your mighty works. Save us for your namesake. That we might know your mighty works. Summon your power, O Lord. That power by which you have worked for us in the past. Do it right now. Do it right now. We are expecting a miracle now. 
Father, we are looking to you, the God who is able to do absolutely anything. Nothing is impossible. There is nothing that is too hard for you. Summon your power right now and do it right now, Adonai. We have heard the report about you. We've heard of it, Adonai. And now we are in awe of it. Now bring your work to life in our time, in this place today, over our lives. Make it known to us, Lord, in anger. Remember compassion. If we've done anything to offend you, anything to stay your hand from intervening, have mercy on us today. I feel like blind Bartimaeus. Today is our day of visitation. Today is our day of breakthrough. Jesus is passing by and I'm not going to miss my opportunity to receive my blessing. So son of the living God, have mercy on your people today. Hear our plea. See our situation. See how desperate we are. Only you can intervene. Only you can break through for us. So break through right now. Oh master of breakthroughs. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, I believe it for you. Woo, hallelujah. But haven't you been enjoying these past few weeks where pastor's been talking to us about, you know, breaking through barriers? And last week, pastor spoke of the great divide that was there between the Gentiles and the Jew. How those literal walls, landmarks that separated them. The divide was like none we've ever seen or ever known. So when we read our key verse today, I want to tell you the context of that key verse. That key verse wasn't spoken to us, the Gentiles. Because in verse 5 of the same text, it says, These twelve Jesus sent out instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans. This was a declaration that was only given for the Jews. Of course, this was done to fulfill the scriptures that tells us he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But I can't imagine us still in that same system. Denied access to Christ. What a breakthrough we have received in Jesus to be included in all that is in store for those that love the Lord. Imagine us missing out on that blessing. Come on, let's celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That those barriers have been broken. That we are no longer castaways. But we have been bought and brought near to the Lord. We have been given sonship through adoption. We have claimed to every, imagine every promise. Now you just don't have to claim the New Testament promises. You can go also to the Old you can claim every blessing because you've been adopted as a son. Every blessing made by his word. So when you read about them, you know it's about you. When you read about the Old Testament, you know it's about you. So many people want to get technical and say it was only for the Jews, buddy. It is also for us. I can stand here and say the blessings that you proclaim upon our father Abraham are my blessings today. That those who bless me are blessed and those who cast me are cast. I can claim that I'm the head and not the tail. I can claim that my cup runneth over. That surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That the Lord is my shepherd. That is a blessing I can now claim. Because that barrier 
has been broken. But just for a moment, imagine with me, if that wasn't the reality today, how would life be for, like for us? Yet we know countless people living in that reality today. They are castaways, far from God's promises, missing out on what God wants to do in their lives. They are going on with life's issues without the help of God. And I remember one time driving to work and I see this individual and I don't know why my eyes were just fixed on them. And I remember driving and looking at them and I had the spirit of the Lord. It was so clear to me. Does that person know how much I love them? Does that person know the plans that I have for them? Plans to prosper them. To give them a future and a hope. And my heart sunk. And I started asking myself the same question. And the Bible asks the same questions. But how can people call for help? If they don't know who to trust. And how can they know who to trust. If they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted. And how can they hear if nobody tells them. Is anyone going to tell them. Unless someone is sent to do it. That's why scripture exclaims, a sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. Today is Mission Sunday. And I want to continue with what pastor had begun sharing on breaking barriers, but include the question asked in Romans 10, how? The title of my message is simply this, breaking barriers to reach the lost. Breaking barriers to reach the lost. How will all this happen if someone doesn't take initiative to make it happen? How will they know the master of breakthrough wants to break through for them? If there is any breakthrough, I believe we need to see take place is the salvation of countless people God wants to reach. We just prayed for our family members, for friends. College mates, workmates, complete total strangers, your neighbors, the person you don't like. Those are the ones who need, whom God wants to reach. There are people in our world who need breakthroughs and salvation is their starting point. The key to them hearing and believing is someone being sent to preach. I have to tell you growing up in faith... Preaching to people hasn't been the easiest for me. I just have to confess my sins. I know I talk a lot. But this aspect of preaching hasn't been so easy for me. I've looked up to my dad who is a winning soul machine. This brother is gifted to win anywhere. He has targets every year of how many people he's going to win. Personally. He does not include crusades, missions that he goes for which he does almost every week. He doesn't include that as his personal goal. Man, he's a winning... I mean, that man can preach to anything and anyone. I think of Pastor Nelson seated here today. Another preachy, soul-winning machine. Every time we have divorce, he's always sharing of what God has done. How he wants someone to the Lord. He just met them outside. He said he was just crossing my way. And I just talked to them and they came to the Lord. And I've discovered through the years, let me tell you, it's not easy <laughs> to look at such men. And I've discovered through the years that they have been barriers that have kept me from reaching out. 
unless it is complete, completely conducive for me. It has to be a divine setup. It like fell on my laps. This person was looking for Jesus anyhow. And had I was a pastor and said, Pastor, I want to get saved. Unless it's that conducive, it's very difficult. So what are some of the barriers that we usually encounter and how can we overcome them? Because we need to overcome them. Number one, fear. Fear. I have encountered fear on so many levels. When I first gave my life to Christ, I was so scared of sharing my newfound faith with many family members and friends. I had an image. Let me tell you, I had an image to maintain. I was Mr. Fun Guy. They called me Silverman. Don't call me that. That is the that that is that is Egypt. Don't call me. I was Silverman because when Silverman showed up, the party started. <laughs> I had an image to maintain. And as I grew older in the Lord, other fears gripped me. And I would stop me from sharing Christ. Fear of what they would think of me. Have you ever had that one? Especially friends or colleagues. I fear that I would be rejected. Persecuted. Especially in the day and age we are living with. I remember one time in the gym, they started bashing pastors. And you know right now, Manze pastors are being bashed. And I remember being at the gym and guys were going at it on pastors. And I'm just quiet. I don't even want to... <laughs> I don't want to speak up. I don't want to... In fact, I don't even introduce myself as pastor so and so. If you meet me, my name is Kevin. <laughs> and they were bashing pastors. And I'm just there. How do I even step up and speak and share? I was fearful that I will, get, I will get there and have nothing to say. Stand in front of this person, I've stopped him and I have nothing to say. Or some debate will arise. Being in, I was in school and I remember men, debates would arise all the time. I was studying law. I just threw that in there. So now I have all your attention. Some of you are like, is this a learned man? Yes. He is. <laughs> and I remember, man, this guy would question everything about Christianity. And man, I would freak out because I don't have all the answers. I remember him asked, one time asking me in the book of Genesis. I think I've told you this story, especially those in Insight. <laughs> I remember they say, this story in, uh, in the Bible, the Bible says Cain was cursed by God. And then Cain went away. And then he went and got married. These people he got married to, where did they come from? If there are only three people in the world, <laughs> where did this person come from? And I'm like, oh, dear Lord Jesus. How do I answer? And I prayed quickly and the Lord gave me an answer. I, let me tell you. Because you might receive this answer. I turned to him and I told him, you know, this man lived up to 900 years. The Bible doesn't have time to tell us every year of everything that they did. If they did, we will be reading this thing for years. So we don't know when he got married. It might have been year 900. And many people were on earth by that time. That's how the Lord helped me. But sometimes you get scared. You don't want these debates to start up. I also told myself one time, it's my personality. 
Me, I'm quiet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Back then, yes. <laughs> I've literally been on matatus. Sensed I need. You know, you're in a matatu and you sense the Lord telling you, talk to this person now. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm sweating, my heart is pumping. Yet I have not said anything. Yet I've been on another matatu and someone reading a newspaper on the sports section sees Chelsea and he starts talking to me randomly. And he's telling me, ah, he Chelsea, he Chelsea. And we start our whole conversation based on football. And me, I have the words of life. And he made it clear because I'm fearful. This guy wasn't scared of me. He knew if he started this conversation, he'd pick up. In fact, now it's not even just the two of us talking. Even the guy behind is chiming in. He's chiming in to tell us what's going on. Let me tell you, we need to overcome our fears. I learned something that day to overcome, to overcome this fear. Ask the Lord for creative ways to get into someone's world. And start off from there. Like Pastor Nelson, use their names. That's what God has given him creatively. My dad uses workers, people who are serving him already. Because their hearts are already open. Barbers, they are already seated there having a conversation. Their hearts are already open. Use people in the Uber. He's like, how is your day? He's very chatty. So just chat right back. And start the conversation. Talk to your watchmen, your mom and boga. You have a good relationship. Start there. They're already serving you, so their hearts are already open towards you. Paul asks for prayers to have boldness to speak. Start praying those prayers. Give me boldness to speak. Fear, if not overcome, can stop us from being, as our Kiva said, a sight to take someone's breath away. It can stop you. The soul winner has to be willing to have uncomfortable conversations in order to save souls. We must push through the awkward moments of introducing people to Christ. The one who gets saved will be eternally grateful. Remember this. That person that you're fearing to share with, when they get saved, they will be eternally grateful for your boldness to speak to them. The ones who don't listen, at least you have given them the opportunity to get saved. And their blood is no longer on your hands. Remember, when God gives you a task, he will enable you. Secondly, ignorance. The great commission to go and make disciples was not a great suggestion. Given by a command. But it was given as a command. And sometimes we find ourselves ignoring that command. Going about our lives without living up to the command that our commander-in-chief has given us. The reality of heaven and hell is very real. It's very real. If people don't hear so they can believe, they will end up in hell. May we have this burden put on our shoulders every day. That we might not ignore the people that, is on, that are on our path. If we really believe that we have a command that was given, then we would be doing everything that is in our power to live up to that command. Some people feel that they cannot win people to Christ because they have not been sufficiently equipped to do so. They feel like that, that's not for them. It's not for me. The whole idea of preaching is set apart for special people like Pastor Nelson and my dad. Can I tell you, the special few who seem to have it down cannot reach the people in your world. As great as Pastor Nelson is, he can't reach the people in your world. 
We wish we could take him to our job. We wish we could take him to our school. We wish we could go with them. And I know other people here, Professor Mdama. I, I see the kitwis. I see them. These are soul-winning machines. I know people in this house who are, we can't take them everywhere for them to do a task. God has put you in your world for you to reach your world. That word preach means to publish, to proclaim, to herald. Like news, we cannot ignore the cries of the destitute for the help they need by sitting by and watching them perish. Someone needs to publish this good news so they can hear it. And in hearing it, believe it and call out for salvation. The woman at the well, let me remind you, in John chapter 4, was one of the most effective personal soul winners recorded in the Bible. Yet she had no extensive experience. No extensive training. And as soon as she believed in Jesus, she ran to tell everyone about it. One woman who was known as a sinner, when she received Christ, went and told an entire city. And they came and they received him. Number three, overcome worldly distractions. Overcome worldly distractions. If there is a barrier we are definitely facing as a community of believers is worldly distraction. There is so much tagging, calling on us to connect to this world. We, have, we always have to be watchful of worldly temptations. If you substitute the things we are caught up in, especially the world village of social media, if you substitute that time and make time to go tell people about Christ, I wonder what transformation will come to your life and to others. Paul was one of those great examples of individuals who went to such great lengths to make the gospel known to the world he lived in. Anyone who would be his companion must have had an incredible life, an incredible example of someone who lived every day giving of himself so that the gospel of Jesus Christ would be preached. The people around him had no time to be caught up in the world, but the Bible tells us of an individual called Demas. And if you read about Demas, Demas is... Elevated several times. Please say hi to Demas. I'm going to send Demas. But in his last book, which is the book of Timothy, when he writes to Timothy, he tells him in 2 Timothy 4, For Demas, in love with this present world, he's departed. He's left me. May the love of this world and all its tempting things be substituted with love for the lost. Guard your heart from worldly temptation. Live concerned with the things of heaven. Understand this world is passing away. And everything that we hold dear about won't be here for long. I sometimes challenge myself. I'm just seated in the house laughing out loud on social media things. Things that have nothing to do with anything. Just being told emotional damage and laughing. <laughs> Yet there are people with real emotional damages. <laughs> Who need to be told that there is an answer for them. Lastly, and I feel like this is where most of us, this is our greatest hindrance, greatest barrier, self. Self. We can be one of the greatest hindrances in reaching others. When we put ourselves first and make it all about us, no one else can get time or day from us. Ask yourself this, what plans have you made for yourself versus the plans for others? What plans have you made to reach the lost and the least? What plans have you made? 
My dad wakes up every day, spends time in the Word, spends time in worship, writes down scriptures that he's that stand out to him, gets out, and just goes for a walk. And anyone he meets, he shares the gospel. I know of another gentleman in this house, I won't call him out. He made a plan. He told God, from where I park my car to go to my office, I meet a lot of people. So he decided in the time frame that he has to walk from his car to the office, he'll talk to as many people as he can. And on his way out, he'll do the same. There's a cell here that decided they'll be going to supermarkets on Sunday when it's rush hour. And when people are coming out, they'll look for the people who are walking out the fastest. <laughs> Ones who look like, men, they have no time for nobody. And they'll stop them. And the first thing you'll tell them, do you know that Jesus loves you? What plans do you have? What plans? The Bible tells us and the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you will do it to me. You did it to me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. What plans do we have for the lost and for the least? When we wake up, what plans do we have to execute what Christ has told us? This, will, this is what I will ask on the day of judgment. When we had HXP, hallelujah. We had plans to visit certain institutions. And so we took part of our time in HXP and we set it aside. And we worked on a few things. And we put stuff together so that we can be a blessing. And one of the things that I did, God gave me this thing. I went around. And as these young, these young people, my brothers and sisters, were working on this thing, I went to them and I told them, look at you being a blessing. You'd see a smile come over their face. That's what God wants to tell you. Look at you being a blessing. Plan. Plan. Other religions, plan. To be a blessing. You go to Hindu stores. They'll have bread. Packets of ungas for any beggar that is passing by. I've seen them carrying loaves of bread. On the back of their seats. Passing it to people begging. In China. Most of their restaurants. Have a whole big bowl. Filled with free rice. For anyone who is hungry. We are serving the living God. And he has told us. What you do to this least. You've done it to me. And I want us to read this scripture once again. Because now I've given you understanding that this scripture is not only for the Jews, but it's also for the Gentiles. Let's read it together. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously. It's not just about your breakthrough that God is interested in. Remember that church. It's not just about your breakthrough. 
He is also interested in the breakthroughs of those in your neighborhood. Those in your workplaces. Those in your colleges, in your classes. The stranger walking on the street. The beggar who's seated, he's interested in their breakthrough as well. Father, in the name of Jesus. I just want to pray a burden, a special burden for the lost to come upon us. I want to break every barrier that is limiting us as God's people from breaking through to reach the lost. You've called us all to go. You've deputized us, anointed us, given us your authority and power to go out and proclaim, herald, that the kingdom of God is here. And you've given us the power to demonstrate the outward workings of this kingdom. Today I pray that those barriers that have kept us of fear, of ignorance, of worldly distractions, of self, be broken off of our lives. May we step out like we've never stepped out before. And may we see many come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, today I thank you that by the Holy Spirit we are fishers of men. That Lord, this vision and this mission that you've given to Nairobi Lighthouse Church is going to be fulfilled in our lifetime because we are not spectators but participators of it in the mighty name of Jesus. So I thank you for every life that is going to be won this week. I thank you for everyone that is going to hear the message of the good news. I thank you for every breakthrough that shall come through us in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. We exalt you and we magnify you in Jesus' name. Can everybody say that good amen? Come on, say a better amen. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful week. I'm praying for testimonies this week of people being reached out. God bless you.